I want to teach you guys a word this morning. You may or you may not be aware of this. Um, uh, the word is athleisure. Athleisure. It is actually a coined market term, and it it describes clothing that is made uh, for active wear people. Not necessarily that you would ne- you go and work out in it, but you could just wear it casually. Athleisure. So. Um, uh, this, uh, for instance, uh, names you might be aware of, uh, Adidas and Nike and Gap Fit and, uh, let's see, Lula Jane and Lorna, uh, uh, Lorna Jane, Lula, whatever, you guys know, some of you, you guys know those symbols and some of those things. Now, this is not, this is not just passing stuff. When I talk, when I use the word market share, I'm seriously talking about the fact that uh, economic forecasts say that uh, these kinds of brands in that athleisure area of the market is going to be $350 billion estimated by the end of next year. $350 billion. It, it, it is, it's big stuff. And here's the, here's, the, here's the neat thing about this. The saying for athleisure clothing is this. Athleisure clothing is for people who like the workout look, but not the workout lifestyle. All right. Now, you all are laughing, um, but think about that. I mean, what, uh, what kind, what's the word that we usually give to people that say one thing and do another? Okay. Pardon? Wannabes, hypocrite is the word I was thinking. Of. Now it's interesting. We laugh when we say, "Yeah, I'll I'll wear the running shoes with absolutely no intention of going running." I'll, that that's okay, but when you start using the pejorative, hypocrite, well, that's not, is it? We don't like this. We that that it's a completely different level. We will rationalize sometimes the things that, hey, listen, I'll wear the Adidas shirt. I'll wear the, the Nike shoes. Uh, I don't care if I don't go running. That's okay. It's not that big of a deal. And I'll be more than willing to acknowledge the fact that it is a completely different perspective to say, on the one hand, that uh, you'll wear the running shoes and not go running, but then there's the person that works at a church and yet has a second life that is illegal, if not immoral. It's different. But yet the challenge that I'm really addressing is something that it, it really doesn't matter if you've gone to church all your life or you've never gone to church. If you say Jesus is Lord or you could care less about Jesus. This is a struggle that every single person who's ever walked, whoever will walk, who's ever lived, whoever will live, struggles with. The fact that I believe some things are really important, but yet on the other hand, sometimes I don't necessarily behave according to the things that I believe. It's a struggle that we all have. And we, we rationalize our own behavior, but point... At someone else's. Someone points at our behavior and we say, yeah, okay, I get that, but I'm not as bad as that guy. Right? 
It really is a challenge. James, what we've been talking about in James is we're, we're addressing the fact that he talks about real life for real people. Real people struggle with this. And this is not about pointing out the fact that somebody else is worse off than I am. This is about recognizing the fact that if I say that I want to follow Jesus and I'm doing my best to follow him, I'm acknowledging the fact that I struggle with it at times. There are times when I want to do the right thing, but I end up not doing the right thing. And then there are things I really, really would uh, uh, like to avoid, but I end up doing it anyway. And this is the challenge that we have. And reprogramming ourselves, so to speak, re, uh, re changing the way that we think, and therefore the way that we talk, and therefore the way that we uh, do things, that is hard. And the longer we live, the harder it is. And so when we, when we come into contact with, with, with the things that God says, and we come into contact with people who are trying to do the things that God says, and we're saying, wait a second, I've been living like this for, for 20, for 30, for 50, for 60 years, and now I'm going uh, to change this all around? God, I need your help, because otherwise I, I can't do it. That's the struggle that we're talking about. We said last week that real life grows. It, it, real faith uh, grows. It, 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 we ought to be better at it uh, next week uh, than we were today and next year than we are now. It, it, growing things are healthy things. Things that aren't growing aren't healthy. That's the common sense that's there. And so today, looking at the second part of James chapter 1, I want you to understand that real faith grows with our actions. It's the simplest and easiest way for you and I to determine whether we're, whether we're further down the road or not. It's the easiest way to, to, to observe someone else. Have they changed? Are they different? Well, they used to do this, and oh, they're still doing it. Oh, they used to do this. No, they're not. They're doing these things. Why are you doing these things? How did you learn how to do those things? What happens when you stumble and and you're trying to do the best that you can, but you still make a mistake. You still uh, uh, just have a bad day. That's, in some ways, what James is talking to us about. If you've got your Bibles, go ahead and turn to James chapter 1. We're going to look at the end of this uh, section of Scripture. Uh, and let's see what James has to say here. Uh, chapter 1, starting with verse 19. Understand this, brothers and sisters. You must all be quick to listen Slow to speak, slow to get angry. I suppose I could stop right there, couldn't I? You know, you don't, you, you, this could be your first day in church and you could hear that and you can go, yep. Because we've all been there, all been there. And, and it's hard. We were talking about this with the kids. Uh, remember, kids, uh, we were talking about this just a couple of weeks ago when, uh, during our, our engaged time. And notice that James does not say, are you ready? He does not say you can never get angry. Sometimes it's okay. But he says, let it take its time. Let it grow slowly. Anybody ever gotten angry over something only to realize you didn't have all the information and shouldn't have gotten angry in the first place? Anybody else except Terry? <laughs> yeah, you guys, you, yeah. yeah. Uh, moms? Yeah. At, your, at dads, that's what that happened, that, right? 
all that kind of stuff. This is not, by the way, what we're talking about today is not profound. I'm not necessarily giving you any new truth today. I'm, really, I'm, just, I'm just simply reminding you, because we've all lived here and are living here. Okay? He says, um, uh, be all, we must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to get angry. Why? Because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. There's lots of things we don't know. And we're usually, uh, tempers can light up pretty quick. We don't go one to two, we go one to ten. That's what happens. So, verse 21 then, get rid of all the filth and evil in your lives and humbly accept the word God has planted in your hearts for it has the power, the word does, has the power to save your souls. Don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourselves. For if you listen to the word and don't obey, it's like glancing at your face in the mirror. You see yourself, you walk away, and forget what you look like. Doesn't that sound silly? But that's what happens. You forget what you look like. But if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, and if you do what it says and don't forget what you've heard, God's going to bless you for doing it. If you claim to be religious but don't, hold, uh, don't control your tongue, anybody ever been there? Yeah, nobody wants to raise their hand on that one. Because it happened in the parking lot to me when I walked in this morning. Um, If you claim to be religious but don't control your tongue, you're fooling yourself and your religion is worthless. This is the challenge. It really is the big challenge. Let me finish up and then I'll get back. Uh, Pure and genuine religion in the sight of God the Father means caring for orphans and widows in their distress and refusing to let the world corrupt you. He says, if you forget to do these things, your religion is worthless. Do you know why? Because we're all watching each other. We all are. And it, it, it doesn't take, it can take one misspoken word, one misstep, and we'll say, yeah, Shan says this on Sunday, but I saw him on Tuesday when he was getting mad at the girl at the Dunkin' counter for not getting his coffee right. Right? It, it is. That's, that's who we are. We, 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 we struggle with this all the time because we're real people. We live in a real world, but we also have real faith. And how do we live this out? How do we do this? What does James say to us in this the last section of chapter 1 to help us do this a little bit better, to live more and more of Jesus and less and less of how we used to be? It's the struggle. The first thing he says, uh, again, this is common sense stuff. It's not, uh, it's not uh, profound at all. He says that, first of all, real faith just listens. Listens. Now, I know we're talking about actions and the focus is on uh, that we grow with our actions, but you understand that if we're talking about something that we need to do, then before we do it, we need to learn it. And the way that we learn it is by listening. What is it that you want me to do? The answer comes. How do you want me to do it? The answer comes. And we're not going to be flawless and we're not going to be perfect. It takes time. But we're growing in the way that we do that. Growing in our patience. 
growing in our understanding, growing in our encouragement from others, and so therefore growing in our encouragement to others. All these things, real faith listens. But here's the question. Here's the real challenge in our culture. And it's a lot, by the way, it's a lot harder to listen today than it was even 10 years ago. Our ears, our eyes are overwhelmed with media. Uh, we, we are distracted. We, we, we are living in multiple squirrel moments all day long. We are. So, so the question is this. Who is it that you listen to? I want you to think about that for a minute. Who do you listen to? What is your radio tuned into? What are your favorite channels on television? When you open up uh, your, your phone, what, does it, what's your, what are your default settings? What's your default iHeart station? Is it talk radio? If so, who are you listening to? Who's your news channel? I was going to ask, uh, who are the voices in your head? But I'm afraid of the answer that I might get. So I'll just leave that one all by yourselves. But, but you get the point. Because you see, remember, you know what he says? He says, be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. Because uh, human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. And then he says, get rid of all the junk. In other words, there are competing voices. There are competing influences, and sometimes those influences, which might be my anger, which might be my frustration, which might be the voice on the radio, the television station, those things might actually get in the way of my ability and your ability to hear what God has to say. And it happens every single day. That's why I I really recommend to you, every once in a while, just turn everything off. Just turn it off. Just have some quiet time. No phone, no iHeartRadio, no car radio, no news. And I'm not talking about, you know, going into some kind of a pseudo-digital slash media monastery. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying have some time away. Just decompress from that so you can actually hear. So God can say, hey, how you doing? Let's talk about the things that I know and you know that you want to work on. For many of you that uh, might have a, a devotion time or, or a Bible reading time, here's how I want to encapsulate the entire perspective. Some of you, when you do that, you might underline a particular verse. And for those of you that have just a Bible app, you know that you can do that too. You can put your thumb on that. I may be talking about practices that aren't a part of you, but what I'm about to say to you, you're going to get. Because when people who do those readings, they either underline or they highlight or do they do those things. And my question is this, do, your, do you mark your Bibles or do your Bibles mark you? Do you mark your Bibles Or does what you read mark your life? Does it influence you? Because somebody's influencing you. Somebody's causing you to change the way that you think and therefore change the way that you behave. 
And who are those people? And I want to know if God is one of them. Because real faith listens to that voice. And because real faith listens, then secondly, real faith acts. We do it. It's really the only way that we can measure. And some days we're okay. Some days we're good. And some days we're hoping nobody's watching. Because we blew it. On Mother's Day, lots of times, we're so gracious and, uh, and we're so thankful. Better way of saying it, of what moms do. But you know, moms are going, I, I hope they didn't see me last week. I hope they don't remember what happened a couple of, uh, couple of months ago. Moms think about that. And don't worry, dads do too. Because that's how we measure. Are we really moving forward? Because it's, it's not enough to just hear it. And it's not enough to just say it. We don't want to just like the Jesus lifestyle or the Jesus look. We want to do it. That's the real challenge. It always has been and it always will be. Little by little, bit by bit, I want to encourage you because in the beginning what we do is we measure each other because we think that's in some ways what we're supposed to be doing, but really, just encourage. Just keep going. I was talking to some people who were running yesterday and uh, when they came around the corner and we were all clapping, uh, we were clapping because we know we didn't have the strength enough to go doing what they did. Okay? I, uh, I, I, I was telling uh, Courtney, uh, she was here first service, she ran and uh, I, I'd love to run. I would, but this part of my body right there, it just, it won't go. Too many soccer games and too much swimming in oceans and it just, it just won't. Yeah. But just because mine won't do that anymore doesn't mean I can't cheer on somebody else to do the exact same thing. And I don't care where you are in your walk of faith. I don't care whether you're just starting out or you've been running for years and your body's wearing, wearing out. You can do a little more. You can encourage a little more. You can give people wisdom. Even if your wisdom is, listen, don't do what I did because I, I blew it. And when I mean blew it, I don't want you to do this and just avoid that. And I'm not keeping score. I'm just wanting you to encourage. I don't want you to have to go through the pain that I went through. I want you to have the joy that I've got now except 20 years earlier. Because that's how real faith lives. We learn, we have the joy of the understanding that God's been so patient with us that I want to pass it on to somebody else so they don't necessarily have to have the burdens that I have in my 50s. I want them to have the joys in their 20s and 30s. It's not about buying the best brands. It's not about looking like you're actually running. It's about who you know. 
and if your life looks more and more like Jesus every day. That's what James is saying because pure religion is taking care of people. You're taking care of people because you can, because God's taking care of you. That's what that's all about. Let's pray. God, thanks so much for being just really simple and honest with us. God, help us. There are so many voices in our world. Voices on the radio, voices on our phone, voices on television, voices in digital media, things that are spoken, things that are written. And Lord, we are overwhelmed. But we don't need a device to hear you. Television doesn't need to necessarily be on in order for you to speak to us. So help us to just kind of take a break and turn things off and just listen to you. God, our world is too fast, but you are more patient and the world is fast. So whether it's 15 seconds or 15 minutes, God, speak to us. Help us to be quiet enough to listen and slow enough to hear. Because when it's all said and done, Lord, we've tried so many different ways to make our lives better. And sometimes things have worked out and lots of times they haven't. But in your patience, God, help us. Help us to hear what you say and do what we've heard so that we can care for people the way that you care for us, so that we can love people the way that you love us, so we can be more like Jesus. It's in his name we pray.